Divine Shepherd Lutheran Church and School in Blackhawk, South Dakota, is happy to share God's Word preached for you by Pastor Randy Sturzenbecker. We pray that you will rejoice in Christ crucified and resurrected for you. The waters of baptism, the Lord's Supper, and the forgiveness of sins, all for you, from Jesus. The Old Testament reading for this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 55. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall make a name of the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. This is the word of the Lord. Please read along with me the catechetical review found in the middle portion of your bulletin. The third commandment, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. The third petition, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does this mean? The good and gracious will of God is done, even without our prayer. But we pray in this petition that it may be done among us also. How is God's will done? God's will is done when he breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil the word and our sinful nature, which we do not want us to howl God's name or let his kingdom come. And when he strengthens and keeps us firm in his word and faith until we die, this is his good and gracious will. The epistle for this morning comes from Hebrews chapter 4. So then... There remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul of a spirit and joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from this sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. This is the word of the Lord.
Holy Gospel for this Sunday from St. Luke, the 8th chapter. When a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to Jesus, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell on the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it, and some fell on the rocks as it grew up. It withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil, and grew, and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when the disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now this parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are the ones and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the one on the rocks are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for those in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. This is the gospel of our Lord. We make the bold confession of our Christian faith in the Apostles' Creed. In the name of Jesus, amen. Will you pray with me? Father in heaven, we thank you that you come to us through the good seed, through your word. And we ask again today that you would make us good soil. That your word may grow and take root and produce good fruit. Strengthen us now by your seed, your word, preached into our ears. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The seed sowing business has become a multi-million dollar business. Just ask any big farmer. I visited with a farmer a couple of weeks ago. He bought a new corn planter. It was $100,000 and he spent another $100,000 on it, adding things to it to make sure that when it plants, Every seed is planted at the exact right depth. Every seed is planted in the exact position. He's invested in GPS technology so that every field is marked and now every row is string straight. He's invested in tiling the fields, which means burying big pipes below the field so the places in the field where the water would set will now drain and it won't drown out the corn. He's tired of waiting for God to provide rain at the right time, so he's invested in irrigation, and he puts that in the field as well. He fertilizes the field, and not just the whole field uniformly, he fertilizes with different parts of fertilizer in different parts of the field, so that each of the different soil conditions now will produce the best fruit. He'll tell you, if you ask him, the seed that he plants is really good. But the seed 
has to be managed. And that's his job. In many churches, the preaching of God's word, Christ crucified for us, for the forgiveness of sins, has become like seed management. Instead of trusting God's word when he says through the prophet Isaiah that his word will not return to us empty, but shall accomplish that which he purposes, many turn to sociology, they turn to emerging trends, to make sure that everything seems approachable. They market the church. They market the Word of God. Instead of the Word of God being the center and the deciding factor of everything that the church does, the message of the church now becomes something's, something that's managed. The Word of God becomes one piece in the large puzzle of marketability, growth, and success of the church. Each time we let the world around us influence what the church preaches. We don't necessarily make the Christians more Christians by what they hear, but what we do is we let the church look like, sound like, and act like the world apart from Christ. One of the products of decade of this kind of seed management in the church is what we know today as the nuns. And we're not talking about the Catholic females here. These are the people that when they fill out a survey and they are asked questions about religion and about denomination, they pick none. They mark none on the survey, and the Pew Research Center surveyed 1,300 people that checked the box of none, asking why they chose to identify with no religion. And out of several options on the survey, the most common reason they gave is that they have a lot of questions about Christianity. They have a lot of questions about what the church really believes. They question because the church has softened or changed God's word. They question because many churches have not trusted that God will do the work that he says he will do through the faithful preaching of his word. They question because many churches are more interested in being successful than being faithful. In the gospel reading for today, Jesus addresses seed management. He tells the story of a sower that goes out to sow his seed, and he appears to be quite careless. He doesn't care where he throws the seed. He's throwing the seed everywhere, and some hits the sidewalk. And it won't grow there. And the birds come and pick it up. He throws the seed, and some falls on the rocks. And it grows a little, but it doesn't have any root, and it fades away. He throws some in the thorns and they're choked out and it doesn't produce there. By all practical purposes, when you look at the sower, you would think he needs a class in seed management because he is not doing what he should be doing. He's not careful with the seed at all. When we hear that story, we think that, that he's such a fool to be throwing the seed here and throwing the seed there. He seems careless. He seems like he doesn't care. 
we think he should do a better job. That's the natural reaction when we don't trust the word of God to do what it says it will do, what it will promise. We want to manage the word. It is our natural reaction as sinful human beings. Yes, God, your word is powerful, but if we did this or that or the other, that might make it more powerful. The natural reaction when we don't trust the word of God to do what it promises to do is to manage it, to change it, to make it more marketable. If we manage the church, if we make the sanctuary look more like a concert hall, or if we take out the law so it doesn't offend people, we can make the word of God more appealing. We can make the word of God more productive and the church more successful. Dear friends, you know this as well as I do. The word of God does not need managing. Isaiah reminds us of this, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but to water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but shall accomplish that which I purpose. The word of God, the Son of God, can break even the hardest heart. We have this fellow in the scriptures named Saul. He's a killer of Christians. He's got orders so that if he finds Christians out in the world, he can bring them back and have them executed. And it is by the word of God that Saul is converted. And we know him as St. Paul. The one that writes the majority of the New Testament, the one that spends his life all the way to his death preaching and proclaiming the forgiveness and the peace that we have in the seed, in the Word of God. The Word of God is doing good and gracious things even when it breaks us. Even when we hear it and the message is so harsh, we don't want to hear it again. King David, the king and leader of Israel, was was a great king, but King David committed adultery and murder and then covered it up and thought he could get by with it. And God sent the prophet Nathan with a very hard word of law right for David. Standing in front of him, he says to him, David, you are the man. You did this. And David is broken. No one to blame, only a recognition of what he did. And the word did its work. The word brought him to repentance. David was forgiven. And David was restored. Look at the disciples. The ones that were around Jesus for the three years. At least the three years of his teaching. And they were there and when Jesus was arrested they all ran. And they all hid. Peter outright denied that he even knew Jesus. They ran in fear and locked themselves in the room because they were afraid that the Jews would come and execute them for being part of the conspiracy that Jesus supposedly had brought forward. And what does Jesus do? What does the Word do? The Word rises from the dead. The Word stands in front of the fearing disciples and He lets His words do the work. Peace be with you. 
He speaks to the fearful, broken disciples. And from there, they would go into the world and give their lives for the preaching and the proclaiming of the seed, the good seed, the word of God. The seed is good. The seed does the work. It is the word of God that does the transforming from fear to faith. It is the word of God that changes all of us from cynical hearts or rocks in the desert of despair or lost in the weeds of overcommitted schedules to the good soil that produces fruit and lives in faith. The word of God doesn't need to be managed by us to work. It needs to be read. As we say in the collect, it needs to be inwardly digested. Read it for yourself. Listen to it through an audio book. Gather in church where it's preached into your ears. Read it to your small children. Read it to your aging adults. Immerse yourself in it because the seed is good and the seed changes the soil into good soil. Many times our reaction to God's word and his promise, especially in our busy world or when things aren't going like we think they should, many times our reaction is, I need less, Jesus. I need more time to do the things that I want. In my fear, we run away. In my anger, I shake my fist at God and say, get away, I can do this on my own. In my complacency and apathy, we convince ourselves that we're fine, that we're okay. If the farmer did all the preparation and he still left the seed in the package in the shed, would he have a harvest? We have the word. We have it more readily available to us today than we have ever in the history of mankind. That's a gift, dear saints. That's a gift to you. Be in the Word. Immerse yourself in the Word. And God promises He will do the work. We look at the sower in the parable and we say, how careless. Shouldn't he do better? But you see what, what the sower knows that we don't necessarily remember? Is the seed is good. And the seed is going to do the work. And the seed can transform that hard soil into something good and good that will produce. It is the seed that changes the soil, even in the midst of the rocks, or in the midst of the weeds, or in the good soil. It is the good seed that produces good fruit. The parable, the sower, he knows the power of the word. He knows it changes hearts and lives, and he wants that for everyone. He wants that for us. The answer and hope we desire is never less of God's word and his gifts. It's always more. More Jesus. More word. More reminding us of our baptism. More Lord's Supper given to us where Jesus comes again with his powerful word and says to you, dear saint, you are forgiven. And he strengthens your faith to cling to the word sharper than any two-edged sword that's out there. It's sharper than any word of any nation or any document that can be put together. The word of God is good, and it's powerful, and it produces good fruit. Dear saints, the common thing that you hear from us 
and all faithful pastors all the time is be in the Word. Find a way to be in the Word because the Word is good. We're not trying to add more work to your schedule. That is not it. We're not trying to burden you with another thing that you have to do. This is a great gift that God gives to us that's waiting for all of us. And both Pastor and myself find ourselves struggling each and every day to find that time to be in the Word, not studying the Word for you, but to be in the Word for us. Set apart that time. Receive the gift of His Word because the Word, the seed, Jesus, is good. And He does what He promises. Right there in the water, just as we talk to the kids, that water and the Word together, poured over the dead, hard, rock-hard soil of the heart, changes it and makes the heart hear. The Holy Spirit comes and grows in us and gives us strength and peace for all the days of our lives. It is the Word of God preached to us this morning through His Holy Spirit that strengthens us and maybe even breaks us like it did David so that we see our need for Jesus our need to be forgiven. It is the joy of coming here and gathering at the rail and knowing that your risen from the dead Savior greets you with his very body and blood with the same message he said to the disciples. Peace be with you as you go into the world this week. Peace be with you as he gives us his strength, as he sends us into the world to produce good fruit that others will hear and see And hear the word of God and grow in that good fruit as well. The word of God produces good fruit. And it even does that in bad soil. Dear saints, be in the word. Let God's word have its way with you. Transforming and producing good fruit. In the name of Jesus, amen. And now the peace that passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.